This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. Yeah, so uh, we got a lot of... We were talking before the show with everybody in the chat room. There's some cool stuff coming out this week. Obi-Wan Kenobi drops this week. And we've got Top Gun 2. And uh, we got Stranger Things Stranger dropping things. this week. Man, it's, it's not going to be enough time. I need more time. Well, for those who get Memorial Day off, which thankfully I do, yes, I do. Um, I will have an extra day. Yeah. Actually, I, I've already decided I'm waking up early before work <laughs> to watch Kenobi. Like I, I have yeah. to do it. Sonic it's, Two drops this week, also. Yeah, drops for those who are listening live. That drops tomorrow. So, um, I'd be tempted to call out sick from work, but I don't think that'll work. So <laughs> I will, I will watch it at some point tomorrow. And uh, my birthday is this weekend, too, along with uh, Mr. Joey Image's birthday is coming up soon, too. Yes. Uh, June f- 2nd? Yeah, June 2nd is uh, Joey's <laughs> birthday. So head over to at Joey Image TV and, and drop him a happy birthday on the 2nd. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I did have to rub it in that I have the day off. Yeah. <laughs> well, those of us with big boy <laughs> jobs. <laughs> I'm just playing Rampage. I'm just playing. Yeah. But, uh, man, I'm super excited for Obi-Wan Kenobi. I cannot wait for that to drop. And uh, I, I don't. I, I can barely contain myself. Like, I don't know if I can wait all the way to Friday. I know. it's. I've said this numerous times, but this has been the Star Wars content I've been looking forward to the most since Disney bought the rights to Star Wars. And get this, so... The first two episodes drop on Friday, but multiple websites I've seen have said that the show's going to air on Wednesdays. Yeah, so, so we get two on Friday to... and then th- the third one on the next Wednesday. So we don't even have to wait a full week. Man, <laughs> the the streaming gods are good to us. Yes, they are right now. <laughs> uh, I finished Halo over the weekend, which... Uh, Same. I was not big on that show for the first four episodes, I'd say. But man, the back half of that season, the ba- the back half of that first season is worth the watch, because I, at the beginning, up to about episode four or five, I just it felt like there was too many, too many storylines going on. Like I I couldn't keep up with all the characters and everything, because there's like ten different storylines going on. Like Master Chief is not even the like the main storyline, or the main protagonist. So there's like there's a lot to keep up with, but. I thoroughly enjoyed the last half of the season. I think so, too. Uh, it definitely leaves it open for a season two, and I think there is going to be. I hope that with this next season, they kind of, I don't want to say dumb it down, but simplify it a little bit to where Master Chief is the clear, undisputed protagonist. Yeah. 
Well, the way they set him up at the end of the season, I think that's what we're going to get moving forward because we had to get all this backstory before we got to the main story we're going to get to, I feel. So hopefully they'll keep that momentum going into episode, or season two, I mean. And not to spoil any details for those who haven't seen the finale, but the the final battle sequence, did it remind you of like something straight out of the game? Oh yeah, I mean, even just the way it looked, the 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 camera did, shots and everything, it, it was like, you know, like whenever you make a kill it, like, in Halo, it didn't look like a Halo game. It looked more like, uh, like a Zelda type environment, if that makes any sense. Yeah, like it didn't, it didn't really look like a Halo. Like I don't know, just like the the whole the, that temple. Like mm-hmm. the, the temple level, I guess you'd call it, um, just didn't really look like Halo. It looked more like a like a fantasy setting, like like I said, like a Legend of Zelda or something along those lines. But I I really enjoyed it though. Yeah, it definitely picked up after the halfway point of the season, so I, it satisfied me enough to where I would want to see a season two. And there there yeah. are to me a lot of good things to say about it and i mean fans are gonna nitpick they nitpick over everything so that's that's to be expected so i pretty much just ignore that uh, touch Biloxi in the chat room says i like halo a lot but that show just looks bad i would give it a try i mean it's only like what eight nine episodes uh um, yeah nine give it a try and if, if you're not feeling it <laughs> at the end of the season then I wouldn't worry about it, but I honestly, I was a little worried halfway through the season, but the last half really, really uh, brought it home for me. So I really liked it. I hope Kenobi doesn't do the same thing, though. Like, I hope that because they they say it's like one long movie, which I understand, but I just I've noticed a lot of shows tend to have like one, maybe two filler episodes that have nothing to do with the main storyline. I think we're going to happen get with Stranger Things <laughs> episode in there for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I mean, who who knows? Well, well, Mandalorian takes place after Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's so right. it, yeah, it, it they could very well do maybe like an Inquisitor centric, which wouldn't be terrible. What but... if we get an episode of just Vader? Just completely. Then, then I'll be okay with it. I'm okay with I'll, that. Yeah, <laughs> it won't happen. But if at the end of Obi Wan they tease that we get a full on Vader series with Hayden Christensen, oh, dude, I I'm gonna <laughs> probably pass out. Yeah, on my couch. I would too. Yeah. 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 Um, and I do have to say we talked about it a little bit at the end of last week's episode, but I am keeping up with uh, the new Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with that show. I need to watch the la- the most recent episode, but I really like it. It is the perfect mash of original Trek and uh, the next generation, but like you know, upresed for our generation. Like it's, yeah. it's that perfect bond of old school style storylines, but done in a modern way. And I, it's, it's got a lot of a st- like the way the ship computers look and stuff is very, uh, you know, like next, gen- next generation. So I'm really, really enjoying that show. Yeah. They're doing some good stuff with star Trek and I, I it makes me happy even though I'm not like a diehard Trek fan. Yeah. But I, I, entertainment is just, 
better when like Star Trek and those iconic yeah. properties are doing well. Oh, I know. And that makes me happy that they're doing well. And I I I do like the the villain of the week, you know, storytelling that they do. It's classic Trek, but I also like the longer form storytelling that they did with Picard. You know, yeah. I like season two better than season one, and I look forward to what they're doing with season three. But I think what they're doing with Strange New Worlds and kind of getting back to basics with the Star Trek storytelling is yeah. what they absolutely needed to do. I mean, you can give me that overarching story, you know, over the course of the season, but weaved throughout as the, you know, the villain of the week type of thing. And that's yeah. what Trek, when Trek is at its best to me. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what they what they do to continue with the show. Um, let's see. Touch Biloxi said, I'm a huge OG Star Trek fan, and I love the movies. The remakes are pretty great, too. It's all pretty great, but there's just something about Kirk that I that can't not love. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Kirk's just Kirk, no matter who plays yeah. him. You know, whether it's Chris Pine or, or um, you know, the, the OG, great William the, Shatner. The great William Shatner. Um, but you know the new the new Trek is Strange New Worlds about Captain Pike, wh- who was mm-hmm. before um, you know uh, Captain Kirk. But man, the guy they got playing Pike, he's so good. Like he's mm-hmm. instantly likable. Like there's just something about that dude. Just like I want to hang out with him. Well, I think it's time because you know we've seen glimpses of Pike. I, I feel like, but we haven't really seen his full story be told. So. Yeah. I think the timeline that they're setting this in is perfect because you've still got Spock, you've got Mm -hmm. Uhura, you've got some of the iconic Trek characters that everyone knows and loves with some newness. And I really like the people playing those roles too. Like the guy that's playing Spock, I really like him. Yep. Uh, The girl they got playing Uhura, um, she's really good. Um, Just everybody's really good and just knocking it out of the park. I can't say enough good about it. So I can't remember the actress's name, but I read this cool story about her that when she auditioned for the role, she didn't know she was auditioning for Uhura. Really? She she thought she was auditioning for like just an Uhura type character. And then after she got the part, they're like, oh, you're playing Uhura. Wow. <laughs> Which is <laughs> that, really cool. That's got to be nerve wracking. I'd probably faint. Yeah, I met if that were me. I met Nichelle Nichols a few years back and she was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, was it at Pensacon? Yeah, she's a yep, lovely I lady. I when she was there. Yeah, and uh, but I'm that I I know we're a video game podcast, so we should probably get some, to some news. What do you say? Yeah, we might as well since we're here. Yeah. Today's stories were submitted to us by Armez Jackson and I am the Rampage. If you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. Uh, this first story is from Armez Jackson and he said, LOL, it's kind of like if River City Ransom was remade by Payless Shoes. I'm so getting this. I instantly <laughs> had to go and watch this little trailer over at NintendoEverything.com. It's called The Legend of the Dragon Flame High School Collection Hitting Switch This Week. Um, publisher Rata Laika Games and developer Hunters have announced a uh, release schedule for May 5th, 2022, which is, uh, what, like three weeks ago? Um, mm-hmm. Master the street fighting skills of jumping, punching, kicking, and dodging to defeat your enemies and advance to the next level. You can throw away items, buy food, and learn powerful new special attacks. Develop your character to enhance your pro- profile as a martial arts champion. 
Uh, key features, 2D beat-em-up game inspired by arcade classics. Both The Legend of the Dragonflame High School 1 and 2 included character development elements. And uh, it will be sold digitally on the Switch eShop for $4.99. And I watched the trailer for this, and it looks just like River City Ransom. And I might have to go ahead and get this. Yeah, this looks fun. And I, I just want to throw out there, I don't think I've heard the the store of Payless Shoes since like 1998. Yeah. <laughs> but th- that that line made me laugh, so I had to go look at it as well. Uh, we, we've been talking about beat-em-ups quite a bit you know, the last few weeks with having Brian Dunaway on and it, I don't know the the genre has been on my mind a lot. So I, mm-hmm. I think I might be right there with you and picking this up. This just looks like pure fun. Yeah. To me. Feels like uh beat em ups are about to have another day in the sun here pretty soon, especially since the success of uh, streets of rage four, I feel like we're going to get a whole bunch of retro style beat em ups here in the next year or so. Maybe, uh, they should re-release the Simpsons arcade game. Maybe they should. Maybe, maybe, no, maybe like, for the Switch or for like the PlayStation. A whole, a whole remake from top down and just hey, <laughs> day one purchase. Yep, same here. Absolutely, day one purchase. I can't wait for that Ninja Turtles collection to come out. The Cowabunga collection. Oh, what next month it comes out? Yeah, yep. <sighs> We're gonna have a lot of fun with that. I'm ready. I'm ready. Me, me too. This also comes to us, or this comes to us from comicbook.com. New 2D Sonic the Hedgehog game reportedly in development at Sega. A new 2D entry in Sega's long-running Sonic the Hedgehog series is said to be in the works right now. At this point in time, Sega is already gearing up to launch Sonic Origins, which comes out next month. A remastered bundle of many of the earliest entries in the Sonic series. And while this is something that many longtime fans have been waiting quite some time for, it sounds like Sega already has another new installment in the oven for further down the line. According to a new report by an insider that goes by the name Zippo, Sega's own Team Sonic Studio is said to be working on a new 2D entry in the Sonic franchise. If true, this will be the first time in decades that Team Sonic has worked on a Sonic game in this style. The most recent 2D Sonic title, Sonic Mania, was developed externally by a number of different studios. It's said to be more akin to the Sonic Advance and Sonic Rush spinoffs, which came to Game Boy Advance and Nintendo DS in the early 2000s. Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles are all said to be playable characters, with a release in 2023 seems most likely at this point in time. So, yeah, it has been quite a while since Sonic Team has made a traditional Sonic game, and I, I think it's way overdue that they do. However, I and I know that Rampage is not a Sonic Mania fan, but if you're going to make a 2D Sonic game, I would like to see it look like the old Genesis games, not to knock the Sonic Advance games because they're actually pretty fun. Yeah, I I like that classic 16 bit look for 2D Sonic that's the only change that I would make. If, if all of that is true, that's the only modification of that I would make. But I, I would be stoked for Sonic Team to finally make a new 2D Sonic game. Yeah. It's over, it's overdue. Yeah, I think it's way overdue for a, a new 2D Sonic game. And, uh, I mean, you know, they've done some remakes and remasters over the last few years, but it, it's high time for a new 2D Sonic adventure, and we're ready for it. I think we're, I just I think they're already a year too late. I just can't believe that 
here we are in 2022 and I don't know that Sonic's been this relevant since the early nineties. Cause you look at the movie, you look at, you know, the new open world Sonic game that's coming out. There's a new Sonic cartoon coming out on Netflix. Season three of the nineties cartoon is getting, you know, is getting made. It's, and you know, light spoilers for, for Chippendale rescue Rangers, but, He's in the new movie, in the Chip and Dale yeah, movie. I was I As, wanted to watch that yesterday and didn't get a chance to. Uh, it's great. That's all I can say is it's great. I loved every minute of it. But I'm watch yeah, it even this week. he's he's even in the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers movie. It's crazy to me how popular he is right now. Oh yeah. And uh, Rampage said, Derek, why you got to call me out like that in front of the guys? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because I've seen you in Discord say I like good games when I mention Sonic Mania or someone else mentioned <laughs> Sonic Mania, <laughs> but it's all good. It's not everybody's cup of tea. Oh, yeah, and Joey Image also says Sonic Adventure on Dreamcast was awesome. I I like that game. I know you know when we had Scott Johnson on, he and he's even said on Play Retro that he's not a fan of the adventure games, but I like them. And uh, random re- reviews uh, in the chat room says Sonic is going to be in the next Mortal Kombat. Is that true? Okay, I have to look this up. <laughs> I want to see a fatality with it, Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, that would be fantastic. Let's see. Da, da, da. Please, please tell me this is true. Uh, not seeing anything yet. Let me go to news. All right. Some cool fan art of... Sonic in a Sub-Zero costume. All right, if you're going to come in the chat room and tease me with something that <laughs> awesome, you need to back it up with a link. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'll am i say this. If Sonic's in the new Mortal Kombat, I'll be very tempted oh, to get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. That's going to be awesome. I just want to <laughs> use Sonic spin attack and freaking decapitate somebody. Oh, yeah. It'd be like, uh, the, the remember, the, did you watch the Mortal Kombat movie when they sawed the guy in half? Yeah. Oh, that would be Sonic's move right there. That was a good movie. We should do a commentary for that at I'm some point. Like it's that. actually, a, I quite enjoyed the new Mortal Kombat movie. I'm down for that. Yeah. Uh, for our next story comes from NintendoLife.com. In 2021, NES game Slow Mole is getting a bizarre claymation movie, and there's a trailer. Um, last year didn't bring us to Switch 2, but it certainly brought us something very interesting and unexpected. It saw the release of not Breath of the Wild 2, but a brand new NES game called Slow Mole. Slow Mole is known for anything but slowness, as the game has garnered a reputation among the speedrunning community for being extremely fun and challenging. Created by animator Eric Rosenlund, it's free to play and download, and you can even emulate it on original hardware. There's also a physical cartridge release also in the works. Um... How the platformer will translate to the big or small screen, we don't know, but the short trailer gives us a glimpse at Buzzsaw and a pretty small brick platform. Give the trailer a watch and let us know what you think. Did you get a chance to look at the trailer for this? I'm not going to lie. kind of creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> it is kind of creepy. It's got a very... <laughs> it's got a weird kind of uh, liquid television vibe to it, and I really like that. You know who I could have seen making like a a slow mole movie, and that would be Tim Burton. Yeah, I think that would be right. That would be he'd to- totally be the right person to direct something like this. Oh, absolutely. 
it definitely got my attention though like it the, the trailer creeped me out but at the same time i'm like it, it creeped me out but also like in a very intriguing way if that makes any yeah. sense i'll definitely watch this if it if it actually gets made and uh i'm gonna go download this for the switch because i'm very interested to see what this gameplay is like yeah i i'd be very interested in it too because i'd never heard of it till this article popped up mm-hmm for our last news story, this comes to us from our favorite site, NintendoLife.com. This important piece of Star Fox history was almost thrown away. Uh, if it was, I would have gladly picked this up and would be <laughs> yeah. displayed behind me right now. Star Fox might not be one of Nintendo's biggest selling franchises, but it certainly has a passionate following. The first SNES game was revolutionary in that it harnessed the Super FX chip to create a convincing 3D world, while subsequent titles both refined the format and took it in new directions. But unfortunately, the franchise has been pretty dormant since the release of Star Fox Zero in 2016. So to the rest of this article is very long, but to paraphrase it, um, let's see. Uh, an email said we received a email from a person called Chris Stokes who claimed to have the first ever concept drawing of the Star Fox cast. It was a gift from Shigeru Miyamoto to Jez San of Argonaut. I'm not sure if it is by Miyamoto or Takaya Imamura as it isn't signed. Uh, we duly passed on the contact email for San who founded Argonaut, the UK developer that assisted Nintendo in the creation of the original Star Fox, and he confirmed that it was indeed a legitimate piece of concept artwork and that it was gifted to him many years ago. There's a a screen cap of the the artwork, and it looks really cool. Like it, it reminded me of so in Nintendo Power they used to do little comic series based yeah. on certain games. Like they did one for Mario, Zelda, and Metroid. There was also one for Star Fox that delved a little more into like Fox's childhood and losing his father, which is a big part of the, the storyline of the games. It looks to be in that exact same of art style yeah it, it, which is really cool to me it's definitely it's done with either marker or like a mix of like marker and maybe uh um colored pencil but it's definitely mm -hmm. like a like just a concept drawing but it's really cool and i would love to have this oh absolutely yeah, it says here that uh, Stokes was able to save the Star, Star Fox artwork from destruction, the first ever drawing of the team of famous R-Wing pilots. Cuthbert has even kindly offered to get the artwork signed by Imamura, which means the question of who created it will never need to be asked again. Wow. I would say get it signed, get it framed, yeah. and put it in a very safe <laughs> place because that is a very important piece of video game history, in my opinion. I wonder how much this would go for on the open like a like a auction that's a very good question i'd pay a lot for it if i had it i know there's a lot of star fox fans out there that would love to have something like this well it's one of those franchises that you know you, know, you mentioned star tropics on occasion you mm -hmm. even metroid doesn't get that much love we haven't seen a new star fox game in many years and to me, it was a huge part of the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64. Come on, Nintendo. Why can't we have a new Star Fox and a new Star Tropics game? That would just make me happy. And if they put those out in the same year, we'd both be happy campers. <laughs> I, I would give anything to have a new Star Tropics game. You don't understand how much I loved that original game. And they just did yeah. nothing with it. 
Joey says, I want to do a Days Gone episode of Nerd Cave Modern. We could do one. I, man, that game is... Did you ever get to play Days Gone? No, but if we want to do a Days Gone episode, I will pick it up and play it. Oh, it's so cool. I love Days Gone. If you if you really like if, um, like the survival game genre with zombies, it's it's very very worth the the purchase. That would make for actually a very interesting episode because we know how big of a fan of Days Gone Joey is. You've mm-hmm. played it. And then we could get my perspective of someone who's never played it before. We should. I'm totally up for that. Yeah. I'll we, talk we with should. Joey and see see when he's got a Monday night he wants to come in here and talk about it. Well, yeah, yeah. Nerd Cave Modern. That's what we'll do. We'll have to uh create like a a a pop or hip hop version of our of our <laughs> yeah. theme song. Sounds good to me. <laughs> um but now it is time for this month in video game history. Uh, in May of 1980, Stratavox from Sun Electronics is released in Japan. It is the first game with voice synthesis. I don't remember this game. I thought the first uh, game with voice synthesis was something completely different. Yeah, I did too. And uh, the the clip art is very small, but yeah. I kind of dig it. It's got like a comic book kind of look to it. I can't even tell what that is. <laughs> yeah, and the article is just so small. Yeah, I but yeah, it says here that first something else that had had voice back then, like in the uh, late seventies. Oh, there's really no telling. But I mean, I'd it'd be interested to see, like, play this game. It's a it's a fixed shooter. So it'd be it'd be interesting. It says here among the voices, the players hear the phrases help me. Very good. We'll be back and lucky. Hmm. All right. Lucky. I'll take their word for it because I've yeah. never heard of this game before in my life. Nope. Uh, May of 1989, Sega releases Golden Axe in arcades, the first game in the Golden Axe series. We talked about this a few weeks ago when we had Mr. Brian Dunaway on the show. Yeah, Golden Axe is awesome. I I played it and reviewed it. Did I review it a few weeks ago? Because I played it on the Genesis Mini. I believe you did. Let me. I think let I me did. go back and look in the archives. I played the hell out of it for like a week. Let's see. Love that game though. Golden Axe is awesome. I haven't played it in a long time, but I, I do I do very much like it. I always confuse that there because there's another franchise called Golden Sun that's oh, yeah. an RPG, but I I sometimes get the two confused. Let's see. No, not Holden. <laughs> uh you reviewed it December first uh, okay. of twenty twenty one. Yeah, I knew I'd done it fairly recently. Yeah. We review Holden Caulfield. Yeah. Uh, May 11th of 1995, Sega releases the Sega Saturn console in North America. Did I tell you I procured a Sega Saturn uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago? I need to get the hookups for it because I can so I can see if it actually works. How much did you pay for it, if you I, don't mind me asking? I did not pay anything. It was given to oh, me. Oh, <laughs> okay. Even better. Yeah, I got that and a, um, a Nintendo 64 as well. Just the consoles, not, no... No cables or anything. No cables, nothing. Just just the two consoles. 
one of these days I want to get the full Genesis Saturn and 32X like get get that whole Sega bundle at some point. <laughs> Joey Image said he need Manny Manny still needs to get a Saturn and like dude you've got like 35 uh Sega um what was the other one called? Uh, Dreamcast. Dreamcast. You got like thirty-five Dreamcast. Go trade one in and get a <laughs> and get one. Yeah, I mean, you you got them to spare, so yeah, he's got Why like not? a closet full of Saturns. I'm very curious as to how much they go for around here. I'll have to go look at the um, the retro gaming stores sometime this week and look. He's got five Dreamcasts. <laughs> only five. That, yeah, only five. Yeah. You got to that's them rookie numbers, son. You need to bump that up. <laughs> yeah, you need about 30 more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to close us out for this month in video game history, in May of 1995, Enix releases King Arthur and the Kings of Justice for the SNES. This gives me Illusion of Gaia vibes. Yeah. It from does. I I I watched a little bit of gameplay, and I kind of want to see if I can find a copy of it to review. I don't remember this game at all. Oh, I don't remember. But there, these types of games for the Super Nintendo were a dime a dozen. There were so many that it was impossible to keep track of yeah. what they were and how many there were. Even if you were a Super Nintendo completionist, you'd never be able to finish all the RPGs they had on the system. No. So this was based on the cartoon series of the same title. I didn't know that this was a cartoon. I didn't either. <laughs> that completely uh never heard I mean of the it. cover the cover very much looks like a cartoon that would have been from from that era. Yeah. Huh. Maybe maybe was this a cartoon? Was it Oh yeah, it was a cartoon. We we're just talking about that. Like what am I thinking about? Yeah. Yeah, based um, on the cartoon series, which was loosely inspired by The Legend of King Arthur. Weird. And it was released exclusively in North America. I don't remember I, the, the cartoon series either. I'll, I'll have to see if I can find uh, a copy of this, because I'm, I'm very interested in it. You find it, and you do a review of it, because <laughs> I don't know if I, I'm... I'm in the middle of so many RPGs right now, I don't think I could handle another one. Yeah, I want to get back to Earthbound Beginnings first and review that probably in maybe early July. Uh, Joey Image asked me if it was a black or gray Saturn. It was a black one. Oh, and welcome to Alpha uh, Alphasus. Yeah, we got a new a new uh, chat, new first time chatter, Alphasus. Alphasus. Yeah, I like that name, Alphasus. Welcome, welcome to all the Is new it? people here tonight. Glad you could make it. Uh, and before we go into the review for tonight, Derek has shout-outs. As always, we'd like to shout-out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout-out shout out Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axeblade07, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mike Eveland, Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, and Brandon Rutledge. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions and keeping the lights on here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And if you want to be a part of our patron, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Clue, Super Mario Brothers, episodes of Batman the Animated Series, X-Men the Animated Series, 
uh, real Ghostbusters. I, I've lost count of the number of animated series that we've done commentary tracks for on this show. So um, I know we've got a, a poll up, which should be wrapping up fairly soon because yeah. we're we're about to. God, we're already about to be at the end of May. It's insane. Yeah, that's I don't like it because I'm going to be 45 yeah. years old this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it could be worse, but yeah, it's the the years gone by way too fast. We're about to be halfway through it. I know. It's I insane. Like it. No, I don't either. But if you want to vote on what we do uh, for commentary tracks, we post up polls every now and then. And if you want early access to those episodes, just head over to patreon.com slash retro. And for new patrons, send us your social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out and a shout out to the alpha raid in the chat right now. Who's rating, rating us right now. So, Oh welcome, no, everybody. we're rated. We're getting rated. Oh no. Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to brezcoffeeco.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee. doesn't matter what type of coffee you like. They got you covered. Try the Good for Gaming Roast or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight, we're going to be talking about... Sword Wizards and Warriors 2 is a platforming action adventure video game for the NES, NES developed by UK based company Zippo Games, a subsidiary of Rare. The game was published by Acclaim and released in North America in December 1989 and in Europe on March 27th. It is a sequel to the 1987 title Wizards and Warriors, which I just reviewed on the last time that I re- reviewed a game. Uh, and I picked this game up at a, a flea market a couple weekends ago. And um, I have to say right up front, a lot of people told me they liked this game better than the first one. I had several people in our Discord tell me that, but I prefer the first one for some reason. And I don't know why. Maybe I played them too close together. And um, this one plays a bit different than the first game. I I couldn't get used to the jump mechanic in this game, especially with some of the um, some of the levels that require you to do, do double jumps, like the uh, the second level where you go up in the clouds and you have to time your jumps and things like that. And I. I <sighs> so I did want to say. Uh, I watched some gameplay, you know, in preparation for the show. It doesn't look like a bad game. It's and not. and you and you know me. I love a good platformer just as much as anybody. But man, there was a lot of jumping. Yeah, <laughs> the jump to fight ratio was not what it should have been. Yeah, in the first game, at least I swung my sword and used, you know, some of the the secondary things you do with your sword, like like the kind of the boomerang 
sword stuff that you do. I didn't do any of that in this game. This game, basically all I did the whole game was just hold the A button to jump. That's all you do yep. the whole game. You don't swing your sword hardly ever unless you're in the boss fight. Boss fights are the only time you, you use the sword. And I just didn't... I found myself dying a lot more in this game, and this game doesn't have unlimited continues like the the first game did. This only really? gives you three three continues, but you only like three lives, but you only get to uh, three continues. So after the thir- third continue is gone, it's game over. Well, that sucks. Yeah, I didn't like that. Was the only way I was able to beat the first game is <laughs> unlimited continues. I don't get why you would see. I, I don't like when franchises do this, when they give you a feature in the first game and then they take it away in the second one. Like why? Like it, it makes sense if you have limited continues in the first one, but then you're in the second one. You're like, Hey, this game's a little different, but you know what? We're going to give you, we're going to throw you a bone. We're going to give you unlimited continues. Yeah. But you're like, Nope, we're going to take gonna it away. Take it away for the second game and make it harder and longer than the first game, which I'm, I'm not going to sit here and bash the game because it's not, it's not a bad game at all. I mean, some people, I can understand why some people like it better than the first game, but going from the first game directly to the second game, having never really played either of them my entire life, I just have to say I enjoyed the first game so much better than this one. I found myself dying a lot more. The enemies are harder in this game. A lot of enemies take like, you know, between five and ten hits to kill in this game. Some of the enemies that you, know, you have to do these crazy, perfectly timed jumps and something will knock you back as soon as you almost, like, you're so close to making it and you just get knocked back and you're like, and you fall because, you, you know, you fall so far in this game because this game is basically vertical the whole time. You're just climbing the whole time and... I just didn't enjoy myself for the second game. You know what the, the, you mentioned the, the verticalness of the game. It reminded me of whenever you're in a cavern in Mario brothers Two, how you have to constantly climb up or down. That's what that reminded me of. Like you can have that to a degree, but I don't know. in, In watching the gameplay for both games, I think I'd be right there with you. I've never played either one. So I might be the wrong person to say this, but. The first one just looks, it looks like a more balanced game and it looks more fun. Like I like the platforming aspect, but if you have a sword as a weapon, give <laughs> give your character it. an opportunity to use it <laughs> and not just jump from platform to platform and go in cave to cave and go out of cave to cave. And the jumping just felt so slippery in this game, like jumping onto different platforms. I felt like I was never confident about where I was landing and plus, there's a lot of leaps of faith you got to take in this game, too, because you can't see where you're jumping. And I don't like that. Uh, and they did it a little bit in the first game, but at least the first game was more, I don't want to say linear, but it is a little, it's it's an open, it's, it, it's not necessarily open world. You can go where you want, but it is pretty linear where you need to go. And I felt like this game was just kind of a little too open and not really I it was I had to look up a lot of times I had to look up what I was supposed to be doing 
what where to get certain items, how to get certain items, because it just wasn't intuitive as intuitive as the first game was. I'm not gonna lie, it seems like a game that I would probably get bored with after like 10 15 minutes yeah i could see myself definitely going back and playing the first game a lot more because i did have such a good time with it but i don't know maybe maybe i just need a little more time with this game or maybe i played them a little too close together i just don't really have a desire to go back and finish this game i only got to like level four or five in this game and i just got frustrated to the point where it just wasn't as fun as the first game well i think it could be something that you know, maybe in like August or September after you've had some time away from it, you've played some other things, you could go back and maybe have a fresh perspective on it. Yeah, I might go back after a while, but, and you know, I was thinking about, I should go ahead and do Wizards and Warriors 3 next time, but no, I want to give it a little rest before I go on to the third one, because I don't know, it just, it was so different. You would think that they play relatively the same, the first game and the second game, but Second game just felt so much looser. <laughs> I don't know it, like, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, I got that vibe from from watching it. So no, I, I totally get it. And I also did want to talk about, yes, we, we should mention the cover. <laughs> I was going to say, there there is one thing that this game has that the other doesn't. Yes, it has Mr. Fabio Lanzoni himself uh, to pose as Koros, the, uh, the protagonist of the game. And what I want to know is how many uh, 80s housewives bought this game thinking it was like maybe a romance novel or a game based on a romance novel? I would say at least (laughs) 3,572. By by the way, one I did not know Fabio's last name until this very moment. And neither. <laughs> I, I I would have legally like gotten rid of that. Like he should just be Fabio. I I didn't even know he had a last name till just now. I thought his name was just Fabio. Like he was born and his parents named him Fabio, and that's it. Like I would get rid of my last name, and anytime you have to like write a check or something, you just write Fabio, and it's just like I don't know. There's something about like iconic single named people like Prince, like Prince didn't need a last name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just me. Uh, as I, I, he'll always be just Fabio. To yeah. Me. <laughs> and it says Fabio was presented on the cover bare chested and without armor. When Zippo games saw the image of the cover a week prior to its release, that's crazy that like, they would get this stuff like right up to the wire, like the week before you're like get doing these pictures. Um, says that they were perplexed, according to Stee. Is that his name? Stee Pickford. Our jaws hit the floor when we first saw this image, which was being merely the developers, probably about a week before the game's release. Why on earth did they choose a photograph of a bare-chested barbarian? To, mer- to promote a game starring a knight in shining armor. Pickford added that we used it as an example of the lack of imagination of Americans, while suggesting that having an actual suit of armor would be too costly to use for a photo shoot. Really? What? <laughs> I smell there... the horse shit. Yep. I was about to sneeze and say I'm allergic to bullshit. I did always wonder that, though, when I, uh, from what I knew of this game as a kid. Because I did play these a little bit when I was a kid. Like, why 
did they ha- not not have like a, a knight in a suit of armor on the cover? Like, why did they have Fabio on the front? Like, looking. I like just assume was... they did it to sell copies because they'd be like, "Oh, that's Fabio. I want that." Because if you didn't know any better, you would think it's like a Conan game. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. They should have just put Arnold on there. Exactly. Like, I think they would have sold a lot more copies if they had Arnold on the cover. Probably. Uh, what What do you think Fabio's the most famous for? Like, I always think of the I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. Oh, yeah. Well, that's exactly the first thing that popped in my As soon as you said that, it was I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. <laughs> I saw those all the time. I'm like, these are so stupid. God, those were on TV all the time. That dude yep. was everywhere for like five years in the in the mid 90s like you couldn't turn on the tv without seeing fabio's face somewhere let me see what he looks like now (laughs) do you want to know what he looks like now okay he's still ripped uh just 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 curious uh the television advertisement consisted of a boy who was shown playing the first wizards and warriors game when a Conan the Barbarian lookalike enters his room after having defeated a monster and hands him a copy of iron sword after describing the brief plot and shortly so- showing clips of the game, the Conan lookalike leaves his room while exclaiming, the fate of the world is in your hands, beat back, vile beast. I remember this commercial. I'm going to have to look this up. I'm curious to see this myself. Oh, it's it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I've never seen it. I didn't know that. It was even a thing. Yeah, I remember. I didn't even think about that till I just read this. I was like, I remember that commercial. Like, why would they use a, a barbarian type character for this game? That's just weird. I've got a top five list for us. Top five worst video game commercials of all time. Ooh, that's a good one. I know my number one, and like, I'm not gonna say it, but I already know my number one, and it's not even close. Okay. <laughs> but we should we should do that sometime or, or even just, you know, casually pick like our two or three worst video game commercials we can remember. So does there were some to be, bad ones. Does it have to be just a bad game or can it be complete uh, something that was completely. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, it can be a good game, just a bad advertisement. Yeah, but I'm talking, I'm talking about, about like maybe like accessories, like like anything that's like false advertising. Oh, OK. Uh, like something yeah, can do- like like an average like a, one of the ads for like the U Force. Did you ever have the U Force? No, dude. You think the Power Glove is bad? The U Force is a just a hunk of crap, is what it was. Oh, and Br- Mr. Brian Dunaway himself is rating with a party of twenty-seven. Welcome everyone. Nice. <laughs> We're being rated again. Two raids in one night. Ah! <laughs> uh, TV's Travis says, dude, I have the U-Force and it was a total hunk of junk. Oh, I had one too. I got it for Christmas 1990, I believe. And uh, man, it, that thing was a complete piece of garbage. Like, it, how could they sell that to people? I have no idea. I will say this one day I will own a power glove just so I can put it on on the show and say, <laughs> I love the power glove. And uh, it's Brian, so bad. Brian, tonight we are talking about um, Wizards and Warriors 2 Iron Sword. We just got done talking about uh, Fabio 
and the bad commercials for the game. And we're thinking about doing a top five list of our top five worst video game commercials. And uh, that led us to, you know, the U-Force and things like that. So Going down a rabbit hole that no one needs to go down. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I had a U-Force. I think I still have it somewhere. I don't know where it is. But, man, that I don't know how they could get away with selling stuff like that back then. Because none of it worked. None of it. Well, because like we didn't know any better at the time. I guess I don't know. I mean, there had to be like class action lawsuits at some point for the for these crap peripherals that just didn't do anything. And if there weren't, there should have been. Yes, there should have been. And uh, we've talked about everything else except for <laughs> Wizards <laughs> and Warriors too. And I, I'm, I just want to say I, I I know I come across the sounding like I didn't like the game. It's a good game. It's actually the the I think the the music is still as good if not better than the first game. The music still is really good. Um mm-hmm. the graphics are just as good as the first game if not better. Um it's got very you know, a lot of colors and you know really cool sprites and enemies in the game. A lot of vari- uh, variations in enemies on the screen, but I don't know, it was just I personally didn't like the second game as much, and it, but if you like, uh, you know, if you like these type of, of platforming games, which the first game's great, and I'm sure the third game is great, but I don't know. I just personally didn't like this one that very much. Yeah, I didn't get a good vibe from it like I did with the original from watching it, and I. I know nothing about the third one, so I can't really comment on that. But I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Like I said earlier, maybe towards the end of the summer after you've had a little bit of time away from it, you can go back and play this one with some fresh eyes and then even go to the third one. And I'm wondering if the third one, uh, Joey might know this in the chat room uh, because he's played. He said he loves these games, but it's the evil wizard Malkiel. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Uh, is the uh, uh, main antagonist in the first and second game. Does he come back for the third game as well? Because I felt like, I don't know, I, I didn't finish this game personally. I got about three. It says there's four levels in this game, but I got at least four or five levels in, so maybe I got to like level two or three or something, and then I just couldn't play anymore, so I watched a speed run of it. And they got to the very end, like the boss battle. And the boss battle is just chaos in this game because Malkiel has taken the form of the four elementals based on classical Greek elements, earth, wind, fire, and water. And you basically have to go through the game and defeat uh, all the different, uh, you know, the different bosses for each level and get the, the power, you know, get pieces of the iron sword and then go and defeat him for the final level. And I watched uh, the the speed run of it, and I had no clue like what was going on for the final boss fight. Like it was just madness. Sometimes that can be fun, though. I mean, I talked about Gunstar Heroes last week and how that, which I did make it to the final boss of that. I meant to mention that at the top of the did show, <laughs> but yeah, I I didn't beat it, but I've gotten I've gotten very close. But it, it's the same thing. It's just it's almost like there's no pattern or like strategy you come up with. You just have to yeah. go in and do it. That's what it looked like for the end of this game. And the only reason I didn't 
finish this game is because they didn't give me unlimited continues like they did the first game. Like, why would you not do that for the second? I don't understand. I don't know. Why would you take something like that away? Because it's almost like when you find a game from that era, especially games that you've never played before that you always wanted to, like we, you know, we play a lot of those type of games on this show. When you find a game like that to where it's like, okay, I've got to review this game. I hope I can finish this game. And it gives mm-hmm. you unlimited continues. <clears throat> Man, that's like that's like finding a piece of chocolate cake in the fridge, like in the middle of the night. You're just like, oh, this I it's everything I wanted. <laughs> like yeah. thank thank you, developers in the eighties for thinking of us children back then and being able to actually finish your damn game. Well now I'm gonna go get a piece of chocolate cake. Yeah, now. sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, when you come across something like that and you find a game that actually has unlimited continues, that's just, man, that's like a nice surprise because it's so Mm -hmm. rare that that ever happened. It makes me wonder why it was so few far in between, but it it did make it more special, though. A lot of the early uh, Nintendo games were like that because they were direct ports of video um, arcade games, and those games were meant to be unlimited continues as long as you had unlimited quarters in your pocket. So they would just port those games over. There wouldn't be any, you know, game over after three deaths or whatever. Like, it's just as long as you could keep, you know, hitting the start button, you can continue. And I loved that aspect of some of those early games. And, man, they took that away from us and just made it, I don't know, just way too hard on us as kids. I just don't get why you would take a feature like that away. I don't know. It makes no sense. Yeah, I kind of cheated. I kind of cheated a little bit this week and just I said, I I was like, man, I can't finish this game because I kept dying. So I was like, I'm just going to watch the end of this game. And like I said, it was such just mass chaos on the screen. Like, I have no idea what they were doing to even hit the boss, much less like what was happening. I'm like, all right, well, I'm glad I didn't get there because I wouldn't have a clue what to do once I got there. It's one of those things that you just have to have a little bit of luck on your side in order to win. And uh, Joey image says uh, he built his arcade cabinet. Um, And no, I did not get to see it last time I was at your house. And I definitely want to see that when I get to come up there. That's pretty cool. Oh, did the Contra Arcade have three continues and start over? Rampage? I I thought it was straight continue. As long as you had quarters in your pocket, that you could go as far as you could go. <clears throat> no idea. I don't know. But that was that's really my nit, few nitpicks I have of the game was I didn't like the jump mechanic in this game. I just felt like that's all I did was just press the A button the whole time to just jump. Like, I didn't even... I, I just the beginning of the level starts just hold down the a button that's pretty much all you had to do the whole game there was no using your sword no really doing anything till you got to the bosses and then you got to use your sword then but i don't know that just felt like they kind of took everything that was good about the first game and just kind of i don't know ripped a lot of things out and and tried to i don't know make it Maybe they thought they were making it better. I don't. I don't know what they were thinking with the second one. I, I'm probably going to get hate because there are a lot of people that love this game. 
but it just felt too loose and slippery to me. I don't like that in a platformer. It would be like if someone took the Legend of Zelda and then completely changed it for, oh, wait, they did that for the sequel. <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> exactly. Um, and for a number grade out of 10, I'll probably give it a six. You know, it, I, it, that's fair. It's it's a good middle of the road game. I think you'll enjoy it. It definitely should be part of your collection because who doesn't want to have Fabio, you know, in their collection? And um, I think these are good games for the Nintendo. I personally like the first one better. Not, I didn't like this one as much, so that's okay. We like what yeah, we like. it happens. But uh, that's all I got to say about uh, Iron Sword Wizards and Warriors Two for this week and uh, next week. You were going to be hitting some Star Wars. So Kenobi, as we mentioned, comes out on Friday. You know we're going to be talking about it, but that's not the only Star Wars thing we're going to be talking about because we are going to complete the Super Star Wars trilogy with me reviewing Super Empire Strikes Back for the Super Nintendo. And I've had a blast going back and playing this game, so I cannot wait to talk about it. Fantastic. Uh, for my next review after that, I have no clue because I don't know the the big game that I'm doing right now that a, a few of our listeners know what I'm playing in secret. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get it done by my next review, but I don't know what I'm going to do next, so we'll see. We'll figure it out. Maybe I'll do something Star Wars. Maybe I'll go back and play some X-Wing or, or some Dark Forces, something like that. Yeah, no, that'd be fun. But uh, anything else to throw out there before we leave this evening? Yes. So uh, my other show feature presentation made its uh, triumphant return last week. So thank you to everyone who watched live and for the the kind words. I'll be uh, going live again tonight at 8 p.m. Central Time on YouTube with a filmmaker and actor named Morris Small, who's been an actor for over 20 years. So if uh, you're an aspiring actor or you want to learn more about just the craft of it stop on by my youtube channel at 8 p.m and we'll have a a fun old chat and if you can you can go to linktree.com slash future press pod to find where you can subscribe to the show uh, and follow it on social media oh and we got some more open micer stuff uh we did a hostful episode last week me and jacob and uh we got two episodes this week so if you're a, a patron you're gonna get two episodes this very week um, but also, we have also moved Open Micers, the live show, to 7.30 Monday evening. So if you want to hang around and watch that show, we're going to be talking uh, to comedian Patty Dwyer this week, who has been on the show several times. Really funny lady. Go check us out over there at Open Micers on Twitter and Open Micers Podcast on Facebook. And Derek, I think that's going to just about do it for this week. What do you say? I I think so. Let's go ahead and get out of here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro, Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, and individually at jpunktastic and at Derek underscore diamond. And of course, go buy some merch at ncrmerch.com. We got shirts, bags, stickers, coffee mugs, everything you could possibly need at ncrmerch.com and of course our Patreon patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro where as little as a dollar a month keeps the lights on and we keep doing those commentary tracks every single month and if you can't do that I understand times are tough money's tight go leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free so please Derek 
tell them what it's all about. I can't believe it's not butter. 